We are back, the ABJ podcast for episode 16. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Just going to get this quick nonsense stuff I hate doing in the beginning out of the way. The housekeeping carny nonsense where I tell you to check the links below. And if you would like to support the podcast, we do have things like Patreon, which I'm trying to go for now, where you can go as little as a dollar. Or if you're as a, if you're a big ass baller, you can go higher if you want. Uh, that helps general support of the podcast, uh, new equipment, um, paying for the bills like StreamYard and things that keep this chain this train moving, um, as well as uh, merchandise links also below. Also check the links below. Two in wrestlers that are right now that are injured that can use your support. Adina Steele and Philly Mike Swanson both recently got hurt a couple months ago, and they're looking like they're going to be out most of this year. Hopefully uh, they can bounce back sooner. But that injury doesn't just affect their job uh, their, their job in the ring, but it affects their real-life jobs, and it's tough for them to make money right now. So if you can go down below and support them, they have subscription services, T-shirts, 8x10s, or you can just shoot over to their social media and say hi and say you're thinking about them. Because uh, when you take time away from this business as well, sometimes that mental aspect of seeing if people still remember you sometimes creeps in. And uh, just being thought about makes uh, makes that recovery process a lot better. I'm rocking currently the Philly Mike's Watson shirt. So one of the things I've been doing a lot in the show, but I didn't really put it over, is is I try to always wear a different independent shirt when I'm on camera. So I'm going to start acknowledging the people I'm wearing because I think that's a cool thing to do. Um so I think that's all I got. Yeah, follow me on all social media. Anthony Blackwell Jr., A. Blackwell Jr. will also get you some places. All the links are above my head where you can find me. And we just created literally 15 minutes ago the brand new ABJ Podcast Facebook community page. So we have that and a Discord that you can join and, and meet a whole bunch of new people and talk fun things like beer, wrestling, pop culture, all this crazy stuff. I'm sure right now they're all blowing up with the brand new news that Stephanie McMahon just stepped down as the co-CEO of WWE. So that's probably going to be a shit show that I'll be learning about as this interview concludes in the chat as well as afterwards. But without further ado, let me bring my guest in for episode 16 here. And uh, what better person to talk about? I'm very excited. I'm going to learn a lot about this person that I didn't think I learned, I, I didn't know before. And that's what this is all about, is learning about, about uh, learning about people and discovering new things. So without further ado, Skiff. Hey! What's going on, man? Uh, it's been a crazy day. About 10 minutes ago, I just found out that I'm going to be a co-CEO of the WWE. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Do you get like a budget of hush money or is that is that is that discussed yet? Is that like a... Uh, I mean, they. I don't think I'm getting paid. Oh, that's usually pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Hot dog and a handshake, <laughs> I think, is, is the hush money. Yeah, what um what pays less, stand up comedy or professional wrestling? Um, are they pretty equal? Probably stand up. Um, but uh, but that's mainly because you also like do a lot of shows for free, like that to you get want. Yeah, or like it's an open mic that you're going to like work on your craft. That can be considered like similar to like oh I I the dojo shows like. A lot of companies are doing that now is at their training center when their students get to a certain level. They uh, start filming matches there like those matches. They're not getting yeah. paid for that. They're they're technically probably still paying tuition. So, yeah, 
They're probably paying to wrestle. <laughs> but yeah, so it's uh, that's similar in that aspect. And then, I mean, if you do like a bar show, you might get $10, $20 or just drink tickets. And yeah, I mean, I might take a hot dog over that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes that bar food can be sneaky, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So how how did you get into this world of professional wrestling? Um, so I started training when I was 16. Um, and so I couldn't drive at the time. Um, in fact, one of the first times where like my mom, like taught me how to drive was after, uh, a training session. But, um, so I had to choose a school that was local to me. I'm in the Northern Virginia area. Um, I started training with a company called, uh, Kaida pro keep your dreams alive. Um, at this time, their training center was in the back of a daycare. Um, it just had like gymnastic mats. Um, I trained there like every Saturday for maybe three months. Um, I did not see the ring at all. Um, it was just the just the like gymnastic floor mats. Um, and then the owner was living in New York at the time. And if you don't, if you've never seen a map in your life, New York and Virginia not not the closest. Yeah, that's a, that's a haul. Um, but so I, but I was 16. I was like, fine. And like, honestly, if like there are under cage, underage kids training, it's probably, probably good to not be in a ring, like ruining your development in your body. But, um, so mainly we just learned basic chain, um, and then doing like rolls and stuff and cardio, um, but then, because the owner was in New York, it it ended up shutting down. Um, essentially, one of the people from the previous class was asked to be the head trainer, and he's like, "No, I'm not qualified for that at all." Um, and so, at 16, the dream kind of died a little bit. Um, about a year later, uh, the company did uh, reopen their training school. Um, this time, it was in it was in a strip mall. Uh, and there, there was like a Mexican church next door. Uh, and then on like behind us was like, uh, like a porn shop. Love that. That's that, that is, that's about as promising as you get church porn and wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so it fun experience going into that. Um, but that's where we had a ring that time. Um, and so I started training then, um, Probably the, like, at that point I could drive, so I could have potentially chosen something else, but again, this was fairly close to where I lived, um, and I was still getting the previous rate that I had agreed on and signed a contract for, and so I decided to stick with it. Maybe if I chose to, like, drive up to Philly, like, that was the other option, but that's still three hours for me, Um, and... I was 17, so I still had like school in the morning and things like that. Um, but, but that was fun. I started training there. Um, that class with me, uh, Nyla Rose was there. Um, they were in my class. Yeah, she's out of Virginia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, shortly after, I started. Um, Logan Easton Larue uh, was was also there. So yeah, criminally underrated. Yeah, no, underrated. I, I, like there, I love there's him. no reason why he's not on TV. He's so good. Ab- uh, absolutely. Like I love Logan. 
Um, and and he's great. Um, I was happy when he showed up because uh, when he showed up, uh, he asked me like like what wrestling I watched, and I was like, oh, I watch like Ring of Honor. And he was the only person at that time at our school that did watch anything independent. Everyone else was like strictly WWE stuff. Um, and so it was cool that he was there and someone else to talk about things I actually liked and, and could try and do stuff other than what, what was on TV. Yeah. And ring of honor is a, that's a, that's a deep cut at that. At what year is that? Uh, 2007. Wow. So, I mean, yeah. you're ahead of the curve. I, it, yeah. They're probably, it's probably still like just when they started to decline, mm-hmm. but their popularity was on the rise still. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a, uh, I, I, I didn't realize how big of a deal ring of honor was until like maybe a year or two ago. Uh, I knew it existed, but I did I never realized the, the history there and who came out of it and what was built out of that. And then learning about it just from doing content creating and wrestling and kind of going back <laughs> and relearning things. And then um, being in, in the worldwide dojo and then being like, wow, we're, essentially in the heart of roh at one point in time you know in this place and hearing all the stories about the broken squat racks behind us because cesaro shattered it and <laughs> sitting in the uh, going in cb's office and being like that's where punk and daniel bryan and people like kevin owens walked the doors like this is unbelievable so yeah and it's kind of cool that it's in our immediate area in pennsylvania yeah it Whoa. like discovering ring of honor probably saved my fandom in wrestling um because like the early 2000s wwe was bad and then like i i started watching tna and then i that started to get bad too and then yeah. i then i found the independence and and that revived everything got me checking out stuff from japan as well yeah um, so was was wrestling always a big part of your childhood and growing up and were you always in like did you always just like how did you find wrestling like was it your parents were into it and it kind of stumbled across or how did you get that bug? So my parents weren't really my, the earliest I can remember is it must've been some like WCW, like C show that my dad put on. I guess maybe it's WWF, but it was like macho man and like mini macho man against like doink and dink. And like, I, I remember enjoying that. And then like, they would buy me like wrestling wrestling action figures and like I enjoyed playing with those and everything and like I had a ring and things like that. Um but I wasn't like watching all the time. And then I started to um during that probably right at the attitude era. But then uh I decided to uh order a pay-per-view uh without their permission. Um which 60, you shouldn't... 65 bucks. Uh, it was probably less than that at the time. <laughs> Um, but uh, Marijuana was. I don't. I I don't remember. My what first pay per view my parents ever bit the bullet and ordered for me was uh was WrestleMania with uh, HBK and Razor for in the ladder match that uh mm. and I watched it a hundred times. I just kept repeating it all the whole time, just watching it back, watching it back, watching it back. It was, it was that was my first pay per view. Yeah, I can't. It wasn't a WrestleMania, and my parents found out and were mad about it. And my dad and they like asked me, of course, and I was like, 
Oh, uh, you know, I, I probably sat on the phone and it did it on its own. It, it and, dialed the number and then agreed to it. And yeah, <laughs> now you and, just hit a button. You can accidentally order and be like, "Oh, I yeah, didn't know. I was trying to hit back, and the remote froze." You know. Yeah, I wanted to see how much it cost. I didn't know it was going to buy it, but like clearly, <laughs> you can't sit on the phone and, and have that happen. <laughs> um, and so they canceled like cable. So so then for a while I just had basic cable and like not just like watching wrestling but just watching TV in general as like an elementary school kid was rough. Um so I could really only like watch SmackDown cuz that was on like UPN which was yeah. just barely on basic cable. Mm-hmm. Um but I but I still watched that um and then I I kept watching it after that that point. Yeah. Now, from being from the Virginia area and working in that scene, how did you how did you then gravitate up to the northeast the northeast area? So, the count the the kind of the company I trained with ended up um, closing when I went to college because I did take a year and a half off. Um, training actually got me to graduate high school early, um, which is fun. Um, my senior year, I only needed two classes to graduate. And my school was like, hey, um, you can take five. And I was like, I only need two to graduate. Why would I take five? And they're like, well, you can like work. And I was like, no, no, I'm not taking classes. I don't need to. And so they said I could go to an alternative school uh, if I had a good reason. And my reason was trying to be a professional wrestler. Uh, And they bought it. And so I just had two classes and I graduated a semester early. They're probably like, um, this is one less kid we have to worry about. Like, just get him out the door. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know if they read, like, and, like, I, I don't think I was training at that time because I think I told them that before they, like, shut down when I was still in the daycare, and that was, like, mm-hmm. on Saturdays, so, like, that didn't impact school at all. <laughs> but they bought it. I went to the school. I got A's. Like, it was a great school. It was mainly for, like, kids who get kicked out of other schools and don't, like, want to graduate but don't aren't allowed at the other schools and then like um pregnant moms who don't have like time to be doing like a full year but they can do a semester um so like it was full of people who wanted to be in school and like the teachers didn't give us homework and stuff it was great um but yeah immediately so then, when you said that i thought of like kids that were like like sunday like 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 summer school where it's just like so our summer school because we live in like a, a cold mm-hmm. region so it's like all these different like 80 schools and they all send their same just dirtball kids to one area and that summer school so it's like the all-star team of just <laughs> the worst kids of every school and wow i had to do summer school one year and it, it is it was a shit show so so th- this wasn't because like if you get kicked out of school you can just not go to school anymore yeah like these are these are kids that like are going because they wanted to graduate they Mm -hmm. did get kicked out they most likely did have some issues going on but like they didn't have to be there yeah um so like it it was that it was actually like there's not a ton of fights like it's like there were bad kids but not too bad yeah they're Um, they're there for because they're looking for that second chance yeah um and and so wrestling got me out. So I, I spent a year and a half without going to college. Then I went to college um, in North Carolina. And again, like still kind of mid 2000s. 
Um, so a lot of the stuff I had done with the company I trained with, I didn't have like access to like send that to promoters and things like that. And so I get to school school. There's a company down there that runs nearby. Um, so I do hit them up. Uh, the very first show that, that they're doing while I'm down there is an all cage show. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if this is a company I want to do. Cause again, like I've trained for at this point, maybe two years wasn't really ready to start doing death matches and cage cage shit um and it like it it would be fine now and eventually after after some time i did go to them um and i did work with them a few different times um but it just seemed like not a great situation and then there's not really like companies where i'd have to drive it's like hard to get get in with them without having stuff I can send them, whether it's a DVD or a YouTube link at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I come back from, from college. Um, the company that I trained with is now closed. So I don't have it in there. Is that a uh, Philly company? No, 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 no. That's oh, still, I, I didn't um, know if you were, I, I didn't know if you were training out of Chikara or not. Cause like a lot of people who were part of camp leapfrog were all like Chikara affiliated. No. So I, I, I would have trained with them, but again, it was three hours and there was a school 30 minutes from my house. Yeah. Um, I did look into it a bunch though. Um, but no, so it was uh, Kaida, um, where I had originally trained, they were closed. And so then there's, it's so hard to run shows in Virginia, um, or DC that there just wasn't anything at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point, kind of, I, I've, I've been out for a few years um, it's like I don't really have anything to show someone to, to give me a chance. Um, so I kind of just didn't do anything for a few years. Um, then a company started called Nova Pro uh-huh. um, in Virginia. And and Logan was, was going to be one of their stars and, and was one of their stars. So I just went to watch. Um, and me and Logan reconnected. Um, and so I started helping out at Nova Pro. Um, I started doing commentary there because I really, I didn't want to pay for a license and, and they were put it, they were bringing in a lot of stars. Like if you look at, at their cage match, like there's a reason that people weren't getting paid what they were supposed to or at all. Um, and so I didn't think I belonged on the shows, but I started doing commentary and I really like commentary with them. Um, but then Nova pro closed down. Um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, and and I had just gotten my foot in there to start doing commentary. I did a few matches with them as well. And they closed down. The la- The matches I did with them are on shows that never got released. Um, so again, didn't have footage to give to someone else at this point. Um, and so, so then I'm still talking with Logan. Uh, he asked me if I want to ride up with him to a Camp Leapfrog show. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really doing anything. It's the pandemic. There's like nothing to do. Uh, so I rode up with uh, I rode up with Logan to Camp Leapfrog uh, and kind of just started all over again. Like, hey, can I help out? Can I do this? Um, I did some commentary for them. Um, I eventually pitched an idea of me essentially being like a Bobby Dempsey type character where I was just with people that treated me bad. Um, <laughs> you had and that so I giant, started that green suit. Yeah, and I started doing some managing up there. Um, and that's how I got into 
can't leapfrog up there really was just being friends with logan and willing to keep him company on a long ride that that is so key too like we talked about that on, on a podcast maybe two two episodes ago with uh like we call mike our gateway drug uh because <laughs> mike mike doesn't drive and he'll just be like yo i i need a car ride to get to this next show uh who mm-hmm. wants to ride and he he's booked but he just needs a way there yeah and nine yeah. times out of ten man you just take that ride with him and and you bring a car full and wrestling companies are like oh you're here three people didn't cancel or <laughs> you know how to do this this and this and you can do commentary and you can do this like yo welcome to the team <laughs> and then you're getting opportunities and then you you find a new niche a new little family and you're off to the races yeah like that that's how that's how i got up there uh, and i had a lot of fun so i kept kept coming back um and then was getting to do some stuff there um and then, and then once again uh pretty much my entire wrestling career it's it shuts down <laughs> you are the bad bug well it's not your fault they're shutting down but maybe you're yeah things. yeah <laughs> yeah like it's every every time it's like oh now i gotta start over thankfully at the time um flying v was starting uh starting back up after it had kind of shut down for a little bit as well um and they asked me to do commentary with uh, Big Dust, who I love, and I was super oh, excited wow. to do that. You and Dust on co- I got to check that out. Flying V. Yeah, it's on uh, IWTV. Um, me and Big Dust do commentary. Um, he's great. Um, I'm just kind of I'm just there. Uh, he loves he loves me, but it's a lot of us still giving every everything that's going on respect and attention. But we're also fun guys, so we are having fun. But it's not jokes just to have jokes. Um, we're not trying to overshadow the product or anything. Yeah, yeah. We're just having fun watching and telling everyone what we're seeing. Yeah, I just wrote that down. I'm gonna check that out. Uh, where where are they based out of Flying V? Uh, so that's in Maryland. Uh, they run a black box theater. Okay. Um, and so they they tend to have like a theater audience. Um, and so they do put a lot of emphasis on like characters um, and, and making things kind of mesh with the theater audience. Um, their last show, they did a, a co-show with um, a company called Super Art Fight, um, which is like they have two artists who are just drawing on a like a sheet of paper at the same time. Um, and it's weird and crazy and fun. That sounds um, like something I would absolutely love to be honest with you. That sounds yeah. amazing. They're they're uh, incredible artists. Yeah, like I I uh, I fell into the sanctuary. Uh, that's mm-hmm. kind of by me. It's an old church they converted into a wrestling studio, and it's one of those places too. You walk in and you kind of look at the history and like, holy crap, look at the people who came through here. Um, but it, it's kind of like how you said those dojo shows, where it's kind of like it's a venue. Do you want to come work? You can. Uh, the guy who runs it literally is losing money every month, just keeping mm-hmm. the building afloat so he can't pay anybody. But it's a good place that the lights look good, the cameras look good, the production's good, and you can get your footage because it's on YouTube right then and there live, you know. And it's a good way to get your resume up as well, too. Because yeah. um, that's what you brought up is too is a really good point when it comes to this business. Like you go and work your ass off at a school, or you go work yourself up in a company, and then some promoter is a is a is a dirt ball or something crazy shit happens and then you lose your entire category or catalog mm-hmm. and now you can't promote yourself because no one knows who you are um because that's a huge thing too when you take a step back in the independent wrestling scene is you are one in a million like you yeah. think wrestling in general on tv is big 
independence three times as big and it's everyone trying to fight and claw on their way up to the next level and that's why when like companies shut down and then like you're like oh well the entire catalog is now erased because that person was so bad like we can't show their footage anymore and i i kind of i'm always i'm, I'm kind of in that boat where like i get it that person shouldn't get paid like because we don't yeah. we don't want to support them but the work that the people put in in the ring shouldn't be shut down or shut off or like because that's footage for them that's that's opportunities for them to showcase what they can do you know yeah absolutely yeah um but who, yeah who else in the virginia scene did you work with besides like a nyla or a logan that we may know um so at our school um christian york was my my head trainer um from ecw mm-hmm. um which he he wasn't he was kind of by name the head trainer but he he was there for a little bit um and then mainly john kerman was uh was my trainer um who i i think he's great i think he could have done more um he had a few roh matches um i think he was in ecw as uh kerman the german or ecwa i'm sorry yeah yeah um um, I got to meet Johnny Fairplay. He loved my gimmick at the time. Um, well, what were you doing there? So I had a cutoff poison shirt and then just bright green pants. Um, so not the full bodysuit. Um, I was in much. You really like that green? That's that, that. That's my signature. <laughs> that's why. That's why I bought the the green bodysuit. Is I bought a silver one, but I was like, well, I used to wear the green. So if I ever have to do something different. And then like, and, and, and then just, I was like, what if I just tried to wear the weirdest outfits possible? We always yeah. joked around. I was like, what if we had a production to just green screen different outfits on you? Because you mm-hmm. had the, the more suit, like if we were just good enough with CGI and special effects, like put you in different things. <laughs> and, and I, and I would have loved it. Um, <laughs> I think there was the last Halloween uh, special, not like the, high tension one but the previous one yeah um it was i can't they were i got murdered because of course i did yeah um, we, is that when you, we drowned you in the pool no that was killing vision which is fantastic yeah um that was the first but, time i got to use my gopro in water so that was kind <laughs> of fun they're like we need to shoot a water scene i was like i have a gopro because i had everything in my car yeah that was like the joke is blackwell has literally anything equipment wise in his trunk of his car and like I have a GoPro, and then we send Devin under the water, and uh, mm-hmm. and then he filmed you dying. And yeah, and <laughs> then Killian's just asking me if I can stay underwater longer. <laughs> like, what if you just did it longer this time? <laughs> <laughs> what if we just legit drown you? Yeah, but th- but then uh, but then the the next uh, the Halloween episode, I got I got murdered, and I was like, well, what if we had the the villain just like. I'm in my green suit and he's just holding me by the head. And then you CGI like my body out of it with the, with the green suit. Um, but I don't think they were able to make it work, but I was like, yeah, yeah, we we're can... not that we weren't that good yet on the production like, side of things. I was like, well, let's film it. If you can give it a go and see if it works, but yeah. don't spend too much time on it. Yeah. Yeah. We were still uh, in the very early stages of production. It's, it's crazy. Honestly, what, um, what they were able to accomplish and then me coming in later on. Cause I, I had no idea what I was doing when it come to video editing. And I think the first thing I was thrown into was uh frog sport. 
Mm-hmm. And then they're like, all right, we need you to edit these matches and do this, 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 and this. And I was like, I had to learn how to put the ball. And then we did the WCW uh, video games where mm. it was like the photos. And then it would play like a little, I'm going to beat you up. And then it would yeah. pause. And then the next one would play. And I was like, I have no. And I learned, I like YouTube. And because I didn't want to like tell people I didn't know what I was doing. And I also wanted an opportunity and I wanted to get good and better yeah. and be a part of it. So they're like, can you do this? I was like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> and I was like, how do I do this? Yeah. And it worked. It, it, uh, um, no one, no one, uh, no one seemed to not hate what I did and, and people liked it when it aired. So um, fake it till you make it brother. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's just what everyone's doing. Yeah, every every single person. Like, uh, you know a commentary? Bro, I've been commentary <laughs> since I'm born. You're like first show ever. <laughs> that like that's another thing. Like, my like sometimes I regret the school I did choose to train at because really we just kind of learned the basics and like a lot of it was bumping and selling. And then like we would we would learn how to like put together a match, but like I wasn't taught a lot of moves. Um, so whenever someone wanted to, to do a move, I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, how do I take that? And it's just like, just let me know. I'll do it. Um, and like, cause, cause I had the, ba- like, I, if there was two things I learned, it was how to bump and how to sell. Yeah. And like wrestling was just getting out of the era when like you needed to be able to do a lot of moves essentially. And like. All I really wanted to do was I wanted to be a big guy who just got squashed <laughs> and like, like that and comedy matches. But like, yeah, it was just like squash matches, especially on the Indies were gone at this point. Um, and it's just like, <sighs> how did we I, never put you and abs together? I, I Two big guys it. take a lot of losses, and and like, yeah, <laughs> you and Abs in an Iron Man match that just ne- could, because no one can actually beat the other one would have been gold. <laughs> yeah, like I like yeah, like I. It goes to a time limit draw every time. <laughs> I, I mean, Alex, I'm if you're listening. <laughs> but yeah, like essentially, like a, eventually, my character like just like, what if I'm just a wrestler who doesn't know how to wrestle? <laughs> I love that. And it's like any anything I do is so surprising to me. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a great character and I, and that's the thing is sometimes when you take yourself less serious and just go out and have fun, that's the stuff that sticks to people, man. Like that's mm-hmm. the that's the moments of people are like, "Oh, that's hilarious. That's funny. That's what I want to keep watching." Um is sometimes when it gets goofy, you know? And then some people listen to Cornette and they hate it because he told you not to like it, but uh that's neither here nor there. But like it makes sense. Yeah, like in in Cornette's world, it makes sense that like, oh, this guy doesn't know how to wrestle. Exactly, that's the mm-hmm. character. I yeah. don't. Yeah, make the character make sense, and you'll be fine. Um, yeah. So, um, t- talking about the Nihilites, like I was bummed. I I think I missed her by a year and a half. Like by the time I was just getting in, she was breaking into like the AEW side of things. Mm-hmm. But uh, every single person I know that worked with with her said she's amazing and giant nerd and it'd just been fun to conversate with all the pop culture stuff because that's another thing i love at wrestling shows is just like in the downtime when people aren't talking wrestling and we're just sitting around talking like video games and movies and horror movies and just stupid shit for hours but uh yeah um so leapfrog uh not a lot of people know too is you're you're kind of a little bit of an unsung hero with leapfrog you're 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 helping a lot on the back end of things as, as well still to this day you're still helping out with a lot 
I, I try. I, I, I would do. It's noticed. Yeah. Trust me. It's definitely noticed. You're keeping. You're keeping the spirit alive without even people knowing it's you doing it. But I wanted to give you your roses there. Um, Leapfrog looks like it's pot. It's it's looking like it's slowly rising from the ashes at Christmas trios. We got a little trios action, which was a, a little nod. And then mm -hmm. we had some storylines telling um, of who's going to be in charge of Camp Leapfrog. And that kind of culminated. If you want to go check it out, it is free right now on YouTube. Go watch Christmas trios over on Camp uh, on High Tension Wrestling uh, YouTube channel. I will put the link in the chat in one second here that you guys can go and subscribe and check it out. I mean, uh, yeah, don't watch it right now. Watch yeah, not now. right now. Don't. They watch this first and then go back and check it out. But you can definitely go and subscribe. They're they're currently sitting at 257 subscribers. So if we can get them a bump and get more people to check them out, that'd be unbelievable. And I would love you guys forever. But oh, um, absolutely, yeah, a lot of cool stuff coming there soon, and uh, a lot of opportunities to see some really good matches that you guys uh, maybe missed out on with IWTV. That'll maybe some of them swift shifting over and opportunities for you guys to see some fun stuff because there has been a lot of great moments at Camp Leapfrog. But uh, I, I, that's what I want to pose to you here next is uh, what what were some of your favorite moments at Camp Leapfrog, even if they didn't involve you, just some matches that stand out or some feuds or anything like that? I mean, Killian Vision was fantastic. Uh, everything they did with that was great. Um, I Me dying was one thing, but like everything else with how they ma made every match feel different, feel like a different era. Um was was great and then like the finish to that show's spectacular it's it like it'll make you cry it's mm -hmm. it's that good the goons are gold man they're they're just good at what they do and and <laughs> they deserve everything they get because they put the work in oh i yeah i yeah and like i'm thankful for them because i think like them going to leapfrog and and me just thinking of a dumb bit to go up and say to them, I think got me to connect with uh, Dust. I had known Eel for a little bit as well, um, but that helped me get probably the flying V job. Um, but essentially, I just went up to him and I was like, hey, um, can I join the go-ons? And they're like, <laughs> what? And I was like, can, can I join the go-ons? You know, and like, it took him a second to figure it out. Um, and like, when I I had been waiting like months to say it too, and I was it was so happy. And it landed, yeah. I uh I love watching them put matches together because usually nine ninety percent of the time they're all just they're not even characters. That's just who they are in real life. But like you see people put the match together, like oh we're gonna do the, the lockup and then we're gonna go here and then da -da -da, and they have like every special spectacular name for everything. And then like you see the the goons putting the match together and they're like, all right, Killian's like, I'm gonna put you here and I'm gonna get you the wop and the bing and the bow. And then Dustin's like the bing, the bow, then the and and, and they're legit putting a match together, but they're just so uh, like <laughs> they're just always entertaining. They should always have cameras on them. Uh they're funny as fuck. But uh yeah, the I, I what I miss about Leapfrog was filming. It was almost I liked filming the matches and doing commentary, but almost taking a camera and be like, "Yo, go off!" and mm -hmm. you're gonna go help these people film a bit. They were just as fun as any wrestling things we did. Like watching people try to put bits together, and like I'm I was super happy that I got picked to do the uh, the Friday skit with mm -hmm. uh, Julius, and, yeah. and, and, and like I got to film that. So like acting like I was getting knocked out and then rolling with the camera, like it was so much fun. And anytime you get to work with uh, 
CC Boost and 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 his crew as well as Julius Smokes is going to be a absolute fucking blast of a time. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's part of the reason like I fit in so well there. Um was that like there the, the wrestling was there but like we were essentially just shooting bits. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, like Saturday Night Live meets wrestling. So it was like a bit then a wrestling match and a bit then a wrestling match and it was fun. Yeah. And like that like because essentially the time period when i wasn't doing wrestling for a while like i got in the stand-up uh like i know how sketches work i know bits and things like that so like even if like i wasn't like even the first time i was there i all it was was like a background and whatever but i would knew like when to pitch something and and like how to make something work or funny yeah and so like that got me some cred there and eventually moved up whereas if it was just a wrestling show it's like harder to just pitch something to get get yourself credit for for knowing what to do and but, and that was the good thing about leapfrog too is they everybody was very receptive of that like i remember my first show was the frog sport and i remember being there and i was just like alex do you think if they tried this it would make sense like because i would i love mma and i was like instead of people like kind of sitting in the corner like if you have people like blackstrom who's legit trained jiu-jitsu and somebody else like yo-yo who's who trained in like kickboxing have them yell out like pass the guard look look like mm-hmm. how you would hear in a ufc fight or an mma fight and they're like that's a good idea and then mccass like yeah here's what we're gonna do like so everyone <laughs> was always just so accepting to people's input and mm-hmm. making the show better man like it was i know it said all the time like you know this locker room is better than any other locker room you know what i mean but it was it was like to be a part of a locker room like that where everyone feels valued valued and everyone can contribute and everyone's able to input something and and even if it's not good they'll be like hey like, we appreciate it but we're going to go this direction cuz maybe we're you're you're swerving us a little bit but everyone's had opportunities to put things out there and it was that's what made it special is everyone kind of you could watch something and every single person who was involved in the show even if it wasn't their match was like oh i contributed a little bit there like and mm-hmm. it was it was fun no yeah it was it was great yeah. So you said there you 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 kind of during the pandemic kind of shifted gears and started stand up. What uh what drove you to do that? Like how what was the motivating factor? So it was longer than that. It was it was when I got back from college um and so there wasn't any wrestling in Virginia. Um in college I had like lied and and told people at my school that I did comedy. Um and I got on a few shows that my school put on and did terrible. But um but I had written jokes. Um, I think I started by saying it like saying these jokes on my friend was playing like Call of Duty or whatever when you know how you can always hear what people are saying. Mm-hmm. I was doing that while he was playing, um, which I'm sure everyone muted me. But <laughs> um, but I had jokes written um, and I had done a few shows at my school. I actually had it in my like OK Cupid profile that I did comedy. Um again because you lie on on dating apps yeah and and listen even if we're not like if you're if you're not maybe brad pitt man (laughs) every girl says i want a guy to make me laugh so you gotta shoot your shot you know yeah and so someone because on on that site you could just message people at least you used to could just message someone instead of having to like match and so someone messaged me asking me if i had done this person's show or i said check out this person's show and i was like oh and so they had an open mic and i started doing doing that open mic and then i started doing more and more um it it's been quite some time like seven years or so that i've been doing i've been doing comedy um 
I wish I had done it before, like starting wrestling, because like afterwards I knew so much more of how to connect with an audience. Um, and like, and like probably early on in wrestling, you're just worried about not fucking up. Uh Um, but like connecting with an audience means so much more. Yeah, um, you you don't even have to be amazing in ring if you can if 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 the crowd's buying into what you're selling, you can go all day long. Yeah, um, Andy yeah, Kaufman wasn't the greatest wrestler, but he knew how to work the crowd. Oh, that that stuff's great. Um, that's still uh, one of and hands down probably my favorite thing that ever happened in the wrestling business. Like that story, I can listen to that being told by 14 different people and just hearing everyone's little input of what Kaufman did and those little things of like call an ambulance i'm selling this like I'll, I'll sit in the hospital for three days to sell this but you know what i mean like i i i eat that up man i don't i don't know if they are still selling it because i think they got rid of dvds but high spots had uh had a dvd of like everything kaufman did in 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 there um and i i picked it up for like five or ten dollars during that, the pandemic yeah. but um that's great to check out um, just him rustling random chicks from the crowd yeah and then like the law <laughs> and like all the promos that he filmed and and everything yeah now who are some comics that uh that, that that you know that you like or that inspired you to to get into this um so norm mcdonald's probably he's not number one but he's normally the one i say because he's the most well-known mm-hmm. um he's probably number two if that helps but um yeah i love norm um and like he's probably the funniest person there is yeah 100% i love norm <laughs> um and then um there's a comedian named john door who had like he had like a comedy central half hour um which is is fantastic that i loved um and he was like he's not he's not like weird weird but it's just like slightly different mm-hmm. um he has some of the funniest Conan uh, sets I've ever seen. Um, like there, there's two different ones where him and Rory Scoville are both on Conan. Um, one, they got double booked and they were going to split the time. Um, except they just both were telling their jokes at the exact same time. Did you watch um, the thing on Netflix uh, with uh, Attell and um, Ross bumping mics? Mm-hmm. where they just go up together and just roast each other and talk it was so fucking funny so so this is similar but they could not care less that the person's next to them they are saying their own jokes to the audience <laughs> uh with no regard to who's next to them uh then there's another one where they like interact and rory's like a um usher there and then they just start yelling back and forth and then conan and um andy are like what are you guys doing and they're like oh you think this is easy and they switch places with (laughs) with conan and andy um it it's brilliant um i found him because he had like a tv show in canada called the john door show um which was airing on ifc here um and this is after i've gotten cable back so Mm -hmm. i was able to see it Um, weren't ordering pay-per-views anymore no 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 Learn that um, and and i watched and like that's where i like uh really started to like him and i saw his comedy central half hour i was like oh this is great uh this is something i would like to do um and then i was able to start doing it yeah i i i don't think i'd ever have the balls to do stand-up comedy but i love it i um 
Friday nights, I remember they're like, yo, you mm-hmm. coming out to the football game? And I was like, no. Nah. And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, I wouldn't tell anybody what I was doing, but I would literally stay home and watch Comedy Central Presents because it was like every Friday night and they would mm-hmm. just play all those comedy specials. And I remember watching so many of those. And then like five, six years later, like those some of the people who did those half hour specials then became monsters like in the yeah. comedy field. Like I remember watching Dane Cook before Dane Cook became Dane Cook, like Kevin mm-hmm. Hart, uh, like Dunham, even though I'm not a really Dunham guy, but I remember seeing all those people in the in the in the in those those specials, and I was like, "This is like amazing." I remember the first one who I seen two people that I remember just being like, "I absolutely love them." Well, three. I I loved Patrice O'Neill. Mm-hmm. I was a huge. I loved him. I really liked uh, Mitch Hedberg. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. passed away. And uh, the third um, shit, fucking who was the third one that killed me every time? Uh. I just, I literally had it and I lost it. But Patrice was definitely very, very high up. Oh, Greg Giraldo. Mm-hmm. I love Greg Giraldo. I really liked him a lot too. And we, we lost him. But yeah, I love stand up comedy. I think the first CD I ever bought was like the Adam Standler comedy bit CDs. Like they're all going to laugh at you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I've always been into comedy. Was It's like, yeah, it's it's so much fun. And then we, I had, we had some people in our area who just started like comedy stuff up here. So they do like open mics and it's starting to, gain some traction in our little tiny coal region um when i when i when i did my music festival i had like six bands three covers three original and two like headliners um and then in between each band i had a stand-up comic go up from our local area and Mm -hmm. and do like a small set but it's definitely something that i think more people need to support and look into and when you go there don't be that heckling piece of shit asshole (laughs) yeah i mean i'm lucky the dc area is is really big with comedy um it we don't have like the industry that new york or la has or even chicago has some but like with dc like there's just so many quality shows that you can you can do each night um whereas like new york you can do all those shows but they're all bad until you get on the good ones Mm -hmm. whereas like dc like most of the shows are very good um and they're still bad ones um but this this area is growing a lot of people that leave our scene to go somewhere else are like going on to do big things like they they're prepared for new york or la when when they get there essentially well dc i mean maybe if you're not a fan of some of his most recent comedy but i think one of the one of the goats right now when it comes to just 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 good at what they do Chappelle's from the dc area mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um and it's yeah it's it's awesome man I, I it's a it's a great thing and i think like right now i think one of the biggest things you'll see even if it's not in your algorithm you'll be scrolling through tiktok or youtube shorts and a lot of it's just stand-up comedy like clips like people mm-hmm. clipping their stand-up comedy and i think that's really helping a lot of new comic people get out um there's this one guy from canada who just came to America after the pandemic. Uh, it, uh, I don't know. His whole thing is he like fought, like watches like a girl and he'll be like, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? You're, you're a little fucking creepy. He's like, follow me, you fucking idiots. But then he like did skits and then he'll post his standup and the guy's blowing up because of that. Like, uh, it's just, I don't know, man. It's right now, I think is a cool generation to be in with social media. Like everyone hates, like I'm not getting on this or I'm not getting on that. And like, if you create content or you're, you're putting anything out there. If you're not using these platforms, you're missing a boat. Like 
That's why I said with like the leapfrog and the, and the wrestling, I was like, everyone wants a photographer ringside and everybody wants film crews and productions. But like, you should honestly, at anything you do, if you're a podcaster, if you're a stand up comic, anything, set a camera up or just have some, one of your buddies come with you if you can do it and mm-hmm. just put your phone on you, like ringside. There should be someone who's just a digital media person ringside with a cell phone and just getting small little clips. And just like, hey, boom, a 30-second clip of a spot during a match or this or that. And that should just be your TikTok and just pump it out because you never know who's going to see it. And it can help you blow up and get a lot new, a lot more eyes on your product. Yeah, plus, yeah. I mean, it's promoting the the promotion you're at. And um, yourself, yeah. And getting people to watch that stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, so if anyone in the chat has anything else they want to ask, we are getting close to that time. Uh, is there anything skiff that we didn't cover that you want to talk about? I mean, I, I'm sad it's taken this long, but I love Taco Bell. I don't, I don't okay. know if you, if you knew that about me. I, um, I, I am. Uh, I purposely um, don't want to learn how to pronounce the menu because I think it's funny in my little. That's my bit with my wife <laughs> is when we go to Taco Bell. I just wrote, and I make up new names every time. So like, I like the. I can't even really say it now because I just I've I'm so used to saying it wrong. I can't say she gordita. just is it? Gordita. She just got home from work. I heard her sneaking. Gord, gord, gordita. Gordita. I call them gorigas. I don't know why. <laughs> or I make up like these stupid names and she'll be at the drive through like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the beauty with with their app is you don't have to pronounce it. Oh no! It's more fun to go through the drive-through and just make her embarrassed that I'm just butchering names, and she's like, "They're gonna fucking spit in your food." (laughs) Forty-five dollars later, uh, with this one, she, she, uh, but but yeah, I love Taco Bell so much. I I did have a podcast um, about it. It's called Taco Bell. Um, There is an episode with Logan Easton Leroux on there. So, what's the like? What's the premise of the podcast with Taco Bell? Like, what do you do? Uh, so we go and eat Taco Bell before the podcast, and then we just talk about it. There's a there's a little bit backstory, like who are you, whatnot, mm-hmm. but like mainly I just go through different segments I have, like how did you get into, how did you start eating Taco Bell? I love um, that. I love it. You should bring it, this back. I I I searched their Twitter to see what they were saying about Taco Bell and make them defend whatever they said, um, and then I make them uh, invent a new item. Because that's Taco Bell's gimmick is there's always a new gimmick. Yeah. Please bring this back. Like this has to be. And you can even do this remote. Like like I can go to my local Taco Bell mm-hmm. and get stuff. And then you get it. And we just eat and talk. This can easily happen. You don't need to even mm-hmm. be with the person. Um, another fun thing is is a Taco Bell gauntlet. I don't know if you've ever had that. Because like the, what's the bit in Taco Bell is usually after you eat it, you're probably going to. Uh, you know, use the bathroom. Um, so what you do is you get the like the taco box where it's like a shit ton of tacos, and you just keep consuming them. And the last one standing, like uh, between a bunch of people, like because everyone starts running and going. Last one standing, gauntlet style. People always say Taco Bell makes you shit, but you know what makes you shit? McDonald's food. Yeah, food in general. (laughs) McDonald's. I literally put it in, and I'm like, see ya later. I'm gone. Absolutely. The worst part of my night is realizing it's after 2 a.m. and I have to go to McDonald's because Taco Bell's closed. Yeah, that's the worst. Absolute worst. But please bring back that podcast. Uh, and, and it's called Talk, just Taco Taco Bell, a podcast. 
Taco Bell A podcast. I you can will, I will you can still it. find episodes. They're they're up there. Um, that is amazing. Please bring that back, Skiff. I think that's genius. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, so Twitter is at just Skiff. Uh, you have to include the word just um, to make that clear. At just Skiff. Um, Instagram's just dot Skiff because I guess someone stole it before I could get it. Um, but Twitter's the main main thing I use. Um, probably the the biggest way to find me. I promote um, the wrestling shows I'm doing. Flying V. I'm I'm doing commentary on all those. They're on IWTV. Um, and then I promote the the comedy shows that I'm doing on Twitter as well. Um, so if you're in the Northern Virginia DC area, you can find that. Or if you're in Texas, I'm going to be there later this month for for comedy. Um, but yeah. I like the Virginia area because that's where all my sports teams are at. I, I, all my teams are Virginia teams. I'm a Washington fan. I'm a Capitals, Nationals, uh, DC United. That's that's like that's my that's my that's my zen. That's my area. Look, the Cowboys were just practicing on Sunday. It's oh, they got smacked up by a third stringer. I love to see that. Dude, wow. we literally threw away our season on a Carson Wentz experiment. Like what? I, I I never wanted. I never got so angry at a football team or an organization. I hate Dan Snyder, by the way. I think he should he should be uh, like like drawn and quartered through the streets of DC. You're not um, an outlier on that. Yeah, I I just hate that human being, and it, I almost not became a fan of that team because of just him, because he's just a dirtball human. But man, I went off on Twitter. Like I'd never do that. And I was just like, Hey, at commanders, remember that time you could have went to the fucking playoffs and you threw away our season. You scumbags. Like, but, but in the last off season, Carson Wentz felt like a good, good. Option. No, he didn't. Nope. I, I, I played no? an experiment okay. living in PA with the Donovan McNabb. And then they're like, we're going to take Carson. I'm like, we've done this. It's not going to work. Taylor Honick is your guy. We drafted Howell. Let's just roll with that. Nope. Let's bring in Carson and give him all that fucking money. And then, they're probably not even going to keep him next year. And we're going to take a hit in our cap because uh, fucking because we had to bring him in. Annoyed. Annoying. Annoying. Hate it. Are you are you a Cowboys fan? I am. Oh, man. Sorry. You, you had all those points. Well, listen, it's been a great podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's a fun thing. Uh, definitely start making more clips of your comedy. You sent me the one. and I thought it was very entertaining, but I think I think you should cash in on that, man. Start start clipping some more of your, your sets and put them out there for people to see. Yeah, I did some of that during the pandemic. It's just a lot of the times it's it you don't get the best video or you're like that it doesn't hit quite as well as you wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And so you start overthinking things. Um, I wish there was more of a comedy like uh, and I also like don't have enough time in my day to do what I want to do and also help others. Cause that's my biggest problem is I jump in on like, I can jump in here and help you guys grow. <laughs> and then I just don't help myself. But like, how wrestling shows need cameramen and need good equipment. Just someone show up at a comedy show and just put a camera up there. You know what I mean? Just put a camera mm-hmm. there and, and, and figure ways out to get the audio still to sound good and, and help these people get seen. That's my biggest thing, man, is I hate when, when there's such talented independent people and they're not being seen just because there's a lack of way of getting it done, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the issue is like, it's, it's almost true to form. Like if you, uh, if you set up your camera, it things aren't going to go as good as when you don't set it up when you like yeah. forget to set it up you're like shoot i should have set it up and then when you do set it up it's like oh i could have done better yeah yeah you just gotta just kind of always have it there because you never know mm-hmm. but and, uh okay i was gonna say and it's just like trying to get the right 
the right moment. And so it is a lot of filming everything and then mm-hmm. trying to make sure everything is as good as it's going to be. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, listen, Skiff, I want to thank you so much. We are coming up to that hour mark. Um, I, I've learned so much about you and I'm excited to, to see you more and with the high tension and the return of Camp Leafrog, uh, we do need the Skiff and Abs uh, time limit draw bit. I think that needs to be a thing where just you just, you just can't beat each other and, and the participation trophy just sits in limbo because nobody can lose it. <laughs> I think that'd be a fun bit. But uh, yeah, man, and, and maybe one of these days if uh, I'm down seeing a game, We'll, uh, I'll see if it's the same time as a comedy thing's going on. I come down and support you, man. Yeah, definitely. Let me know. Thanks for having me on here. This is great. Anytime, man. The door's always open. If you have anything you want to plug or go over or talk about, man, just hit me up and we'll definitely, I'd love to have you back on. Awesome. Thank you. All right, man. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, make sure you check the links below to support uh, the guest as well as all the stuff ABJ as well as our, our, our wrestlers who can use your support right now. Um, next Tuesday's guest. I'll put them out right now. So episode 17 will be from the sanctuary. Uh, Vincent Torres will be our first guest. That'll be earlier in the afternoon. Um, and then later on that night, I'll interview my first tag team with Security Inc. Uh, they they are, if you like comedies and bits and stuff like that, they are going to be right up your alley. So make sure you tune in uh, next Tuesday for those back-to-back interviews. Again, we're doing back-to-back, I believe, the entire month of January, which is exciting, starting this podcast off right but without further ado, here is some Billy Trey to close us out. Thank you, my guy. The Converse Kid, link in the bio if you're looking for music for your podcast or even for your wrestling. Uh, if you need an entrance music, hit that kid up. He's very talented. He's playing all these instruments. He's, he's, he's amazing.